This podcast replay is brought to you by RedRecover.com. From NFL stars like Hayden Hurst to daily warriors like yourself, their wraps and pads are designed to deliver maximum benefits with each treatment anywhere you go. And we are live a little bit earlier than expected, but we are here talking pro wrestling on the Squared Circle Digest. I am your host, Sean Stanley, and of course, it is Tuesday night. NXT has already started tomorrow night, AEW Dynamite, and then we get into SmackDown, which should be pretty interesting this week. And then also we have the AEW Revolution pay-per-view going on this weekend. So we'll look at some of the odds that are out on those shows, and then we'll talk a little bit about what the WrestleMania card. We're going to start out talking about the shape that the – WrestleMania card is taking right now. Um, the confirmed matches so far after the Raw that was just aired. Right now, we have Cody Rhodes taking on Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal title. The SmackDown women's title match, which is Rhea Ripley taking on the champion, Charlotte Flair. You have the Raw women's title match, which is Bianca Belair defending against Asuka. And last night, it was announced Brock Lesnar will take on Omos. Now, look, I, I know I I don't know if Omos is the guy to fight Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. I get it. I, I the the rumor is Stone Cold was given the opportunity. Um he didn't accept that match, he didn't want that match. And I, I don't think it was a good match for Stone Cold. That's that's Brock Lesnar's not a match that you're coming back to. Kevin Owens. Yes, you can, you know, you can train, you come back for that. Brock Lesnar's like, it's going to be like getting hit by a train. And now you've got Omos stepping in. And, and look, Omos held his own in the match in, in Saudi Arabia when it was him and Braun Strowman. But I just don't know that to me, Omos, and I'm not saying that he's not ready for a WrestleMania stage, but the WrestleMania stage with Brock Lesnar. That that is that's gonna be an intriguing one because again, it's it's almost that where like you're almost feeding them to the sharks and let's see, sink or swim. Omos, this is your chance. Sink or swim. Let's see what you can do. And he'll again he'll be taking on Brock Lesnar. Now the unconfirmed matches and Cat for Life, what's up, my man? The unconfirmed matches for the WWE United States title, John Cena taking on Austin Theory. Uh, the WWE Women's Tag Team titles, which I'm not in favor of, of the title switch that they just uh, that they just uh, did with Lita and, and Becky Lynch winning the titles. At this point, just get rid of the women's tag team titles. Just just get rid of them. They're they're just they're just pieces. If you're not going to use them, I just I don't know. I was. I just feel like you know. It's like, hey, show up. We'll give you a title. Here you go. I, I don't believe Becky Lynch and and Lita should have won those titles. I think it should have been a disqualification. Keep the heels kind of hot. But uh, here's some of the rumored matches for the WWE Women's Tag Title match. It's Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler versus Dakota Kai and Io Sky, which that had them as the champions, but they lost the titles. Last night, so this one might be more. But again, we're still four or five weeks away from WrestleMania, people. So there's time 
to sit and make changes to anything that that goes on here. But then there's a triple threat match, which has got Rousey Baszler versus Kai and Sky, with of course Becky Lynch and Lita defending the titles. Now, again, at this point, I say just get rid of the tag team titles, the, the women's tag team titles. Just get rid of them. Another undisputed is the WWE tag team title match, which is one I think is going to, it's, it's it, they are slow playing it. And I think it's perfect. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens taking on the Usos right now. You're seeing, you know, remember when the, when the whole bloodline angle started, Jimmy was there for Sammy and Jay was not. And through the whole bloodline, the way it's turned is now Jay is kind of sided a little bit with Sammy at the moment, and Jimmy has has not. So now it's interesting because ultimately, I, I think the blood is thicker than water is going to prevail, and, and Jay will turn on Sammy leading into WrestleMania, so you'll get the Usos against Zayn and Owen. So I think ultimately that's the title match that they're going for. Um, they got triple threat for the WWE Intercontinental title match. And if this happens, this is probably going to be one of the hardest-hitting matches at any WrestleMania. Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre versus Gunther. That will be one of the hardest-hitting hit- matches at any uh, WrestleMania. Um, they're talking about Hell in a Cell match. Brood Edge versus the Demon Finn Balor. So we'll see we'll see how that goes again because now you're you're taking Edge and he's going back to his brood days and he's going to take on the demon Finn Balor. We'll see what happens there. Hell in a cell at WrestleMania. That that'd be a nice a nice thing to see in that SoFi Stadium. And especially the demon's entrance and even Edge as the brood entrance because he'll come up through the fire. So all those will be great entrances at WrestleMania as well. And it looks like the uh they've got Bobby Lashley versus Bray Wyatt and cap. I saw what you said there. What's the deal with Wyatt? Um, I, I think they've, they're letting him have his, uh, um, his freedom to, you know, have the say over what the Bray Wyatt kind of angle is going to be. I, sometimes I think, I think they need to start kind of reeling them back in a little bit because he's getting a little bit too far out there too much. And we'll see. I think it's going to end up being a cinematic match with Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania, sort of like what they did with Cena. And and you know what? I, I think that might be good. That might be a good thing to do with them there. Uh, Logan Paul, Seth Rollins. Of course, Rey Mysterio versus Dom. And then... Um, those those are unconfirmed matches, so we'll have to see um, where they go with some of these matches, man. I mean, it's and Triple H says he doesn't want a lot of matches. He's not doing the Vince McMahon six hundred matches. Throw a battle royal out there, throw a men's battle royal, the Andre the Giant battle royal the first night, throw the women's battle royal the second night. He's not doing that. He's keeping it very short. But then also you've got you know some of the stars that have been here all year long hoping for that spot on WrestleMania. And now, you know, you're going to lose it to Logan Paul and Logan Paul has shown, you know, on the pay-per-views he's been there for, for everything, you know, so I, I can't fault them and he's going to bring eyes to the product more eyes than what 
some of the stars of WWE would bring as well. Um, Cat for Life says Becky Lynch is everywhere. Yeah, yeah, she's everywhere. She's she's the man. She's the man. Um, Asuka and Ronda be a good duo. Yeah, yeah, but they're they're so similar too, though. I think I think the Baszler Rousey one is a little bit better, but I I, I can't. I would love to see Asuka and Ronda together too. Um, NXT guys, they're actually doing a um. Oh, what do they call their? What is the NXT during WrestleMania weekend? They do a pay per view. Um, let me see what the pay per view is that weekend leading into it. Sorry, I'm waiting for this to come up here on the computer. I can't remember what they call their. Uh, let's see here. Stand and deliver. That's going to be April 1st at the crypto.com arena. So they'll have their whole. They do a, a show um, that's usually, they have it as April 1st, which is interesting. They might do a uh, NXT show at like 3 or 4 in the afternoon. They did it last year at like 2 or 3 in the afternoon, and then the big WrestleMania kicked in right after that on Peacock. So um, it'll be interesting to see uh, what they do there because right after, I, I think you got to get Braun Breaker up. Um, there's there's a lot of guys that haven't been on TV. I think Carmelo Hayes needs to be called up. Um, man, uh, who's to the moon? Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes deserves to be called up. There, there's a lot of guys down there right now that that deserve to be called up and and probably will be called up right after WrestleMania because that's usually when they they bring up they bring up the NXT uh, talent at that time. But also they end up letting go of guys as well, guys and gals that they don't see anything more, you know, creatively that they can do with them. So we'll see uh, what they do, but there's going to be no Andre the Giant, at least as of right now, with Triple H in charge. There doesn't seem to be, we need to have everybody on the card. It's going to be a good, solid card, you know, match after match and 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 be in and out, not the five hours, you know, 10 hours of wrestling that we've gotten the last couple of WrestleManias. And I think that's a good thing, man. I think some of these shows, especially the, you know, once you see the matches that you want to see, you're, you're kind of waiting like the Kevin Owens stone cold. You knew that was going to be the last match on night one. Some of those matches dragged out to kind of stretch out to, to them. But then you had, you had the Pat McAfee, Austin theory match last year. I mean, there was a lot of good a lot of good matches last year in the WrestleMania card. So this WrestleMania is going to have a lot to live up to. I didn't know they're going to keep doing the two nights, but they did. So we'll see how that keeps going. I get it. There's a lot of revenue to be had. So, you know, we'll see where that goes. Um, other than that, on, on the WWE front, there's there's not a lot of, I mean, to me, the women's tag team titles, which I just discussed, um, the Brock Lesnar, I think, kind of being wasted at WrestleMania with with Omos. But again, if Omos does come through and shows up, that could be a very interesting match at at WrestleMania. And then the whole Bray Wyatt thing right now, I, I think they need to kind of reel that in a little bit. Let him keep keep his creative freedom. Let him have it. Let him have it. But it's got to start, you know. I guess making sense, some of it, you know, I mean, I haven't seen um, every vignette. I wish I could, maybe if you 
made a clip and you brought them all together, you could see them in a row. They might play out better, but it, it's kind of hard when you're, you know, coming on every Friday and then on Monday you're doing, you know, you're trying to remember what was done on Friday to try to piece it together. But but I think they need to start, you know, bring that in. And, and then also the one thing that I, you know, I agree with a lot of um, the writers was you had Bobby Lashley and Lesnar do a disqualification at the last pay-per-view and you don't run it back at WrestleMania. I mean, ultimately, I think Bobby uh, Lashley joins Omos and MVP with Cedric and Shelton, and they become the Hurt Business. So maybe that's going to transpire either at WrestleMania or maybe the Raw after WrestleMania. You'll see the Hurt Business come back together. But, I mean, it's just some of the stuff right now. Again, they've got the plan. They, they already know. They see the big picture. I'm looking at it, you know, small picture right now. And a lot of it, you know, it it is just doesn't make a lot of sense. But we'll see how it does go. I, I can't say that, you know, other than Sammy and, and Roman and Cody, I, I don't know that I'm looking forward. And Rhea, I guess Rhea Ripley now is, is a good story to watch unfold uh, heading into WrestleMania with Charlotte. We'll see there. There's, there's a couple of good things that could come out of, you know, everything there with a WWE. Let's switch over to AEW. Um, there's quite a bit going on in AEW news-wise now. Um, Vicky Guerrero, she's finishing up with All Elite Wrestling. I know a lot of people probably haven't seen her a lot. She's been on Dark and most of that with Nyla Rose in there, but she's going to be finishing up. She's getting an opportunity with um, a new uh, shopping network, so she's going to be involved with that. Um, there's a couple more tiered signings that will be announced later. Um, and then now here's interesting. AEW Revolution, the pay-per-view, is this weekend. Here's the Revolution betting odds for the AEW World Champion match winner. MJF, the champion, is a negative 5,000. Brian Danielson, plus 900. So I guess they're putting their money on MJF keeping the title. Uh, AEW Women's Championship, Jamie Hayter is the favorite at 1,000. Ruby Soho is a plus 350. Soraya is a plus 450. Uh, and then you got the TNT Championship match. Wardlow, the favorite at 500. Uh, and then Samoa Joe is a plus 300. Uh, the AEW Trios Championship match winner, the Elite, is the favorite at 220. House of Black is plus 155. The singles match winner, Hangman Adam Page, is the favorite over John Moxley at a 600. And Moxley's at a plus 350. And then Ricky Starks is the favorite over Chris Jericho. Uh, Ricky Starks is minus 400, and Chris Jericho is plus 250. So those are your betting odds when you look at AEW Revolution. Um, Cap for Life, let's see what we got. Street Profits need storylines. I don't know why, but I just keep seeing these two bald Viking-looking guys that keep attacking Always hangs out. Yeah, that's um, 
the Viking Raiders. Uh, and what's funny is they're attacking Sheamus and Drew McIntyre, and it looks like they're end up going to, going to end up doing a triple threat match at WrestleMania instead of having them tag teams. I think ultimately you're going to see the Street Profits kind of. I don't know. I don't know if breakup is the right word, but I ultimately think you're going to see Montez Ford go singles. And, and we're going to have to see how that goes because you saw it in the Elimination Chamber. I mean, Montez Ford is, is a star. He is a star. And not taking anything away from his partner, but at the same time, right now, you know, it's almost like with the Rockers. I, I hope they don't run that angle again. But, you know, I, I can see Montez Ford breaking away and and going and doing, you know, his own singles competitor stuff and he's also got they've got the uh reality show coming out him and bianca belair um there's gonna be a reality show coming out also so something like ms and mrs so um they've, they've got a lot going on with montez ford i mean he's got the look and he's got the personality and he definitely has the damn talent to be a star so um i think ultimately you're gonna see the street profits probably leave the tag team division uh, the Viking Raiders will probably stay there. I, I think ultimately you're going to see uh, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. Um, I don't know. I mean, if they team them up against the Viking Raiders, I don't know that that happens at WrestleMania. I just don't think that match has enough uh, enough carry to be a WrestleMania match. Excuse me there. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to see where where they lead to on those. Um, I want to come on and talk a little bit about the shape of the WrestleMania card. Take your guys' questions and then um, look at what happened at Raw last night. So, um, so we got there is, um, sorry about that. I had a cough there. I've been working out more lately and now I'm like, my throat gets dry a lot quicker. So it's, it's amazing. It's amazing when you drink water. When I was drinking soda, my throat was fine. Now I got to drink water. I have to keep drinking water over and over and over. Cat for life. I didn't watch that. I, I scrolled through raw last night. Um, I've had a couple things going on. That's why I was on a little bit late today. Had some calls going on, so I wasn't able to watch the whole thing. But I do know over the weekend, speaking of Cody Rhodes, they brought the Good Brothers back, and they kind of did a uh, Bullet Club reunion with Cody and the Good Brothers in six-man tag action since AJ's been out. So the Good Brothers have been back in. But I'm sure they put Cody over on Chad Gable, Chad Gable last night. And ultimately, I know Otis is probably going to be going over to the maximum male models as Otis. So that that's going to be good, man. I think Otis is perfect for that comedy role. I just don't see him. And this is not taking anything away from Otis. It's just after he did all that stuff beforehand, I just can't see him being that badass killer. I see the worm. I see all the joking around. That's who I see Otis as. Like when he sees like Otis and he's like, Otis. 
And, he, and he's like, you know, that's that's Otis to me. That's money-making Otis. And I think with him at that spot now with the maximum male models, if, if, if they do go that route, I hope they do, because I would love to see him, you know, blossom out and, and actually, you know, be – be more him, man. I just I don't see Otis as that guy that's gonna go and and, and be the guy. To, and I'm not saying that he can't be that guy, but after watching him for a couple of years perform, I just uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, Otis did get Chad destroyed the other day. Yeah. Yep, Frankie Fresco. What's up, my man? Dad, thanks for joining in as well. But you got questions, throw them in there, man. Let's have some conversations. Let's go back and forth. Already discussed the shape of the WrestleMania card. Looked at the odds for AEW Revolution. Um, and to be honest, I think AEW Revolution, I think you might see one title change hands, which would probably be Wardlow. Although I don't know what they do. Um, I just, I don't know that you can get the momentum that Wardlow had back i mean you had it almost being a a goldberg type you know atmosphere not say i don't mean that he had to go undefeated all this time i'm not saying that there but i just thought the way you had him lose and then you had him get his head you know his hair cut off but then it, it they went into the story about you know him and his father and, and all that stuff so it makes a little bit of sense. But to me, I feel like they just kind of ran the freaking train right off the track with Wardlow. I, I feel like that was the guy you could have kept going to ultimately be the guy to dethrone MJF again. I think you could have had it go until he got a chance for redemption. Now, I get it. He came in, he beat MJF when all that crap was going on. And all this shit started at the beginning. You know, MJF came in, did a job, rolled out, left, and, and Wardlow didn't didn't get his, you know, the bump that he needed to get. If you would have kept him rolling and he builds up these wins, keeps the TNT title, ultimately, I mean, you're going to have MJF go over on Brian Danielson, right? So you've got to have somebody positioned to take the next step up. That could have easily been Wardlow. You have MJF, the hottest heel, and the momentum that Wardlow had, he would have been easily your top baby face. You, you could have drawn money. You could have drawn money. Uh, let's see here. Where are we at? Fresco says you'll be going to AW and FLA Live Arena. I will be there. Still trying to find out if I'll be there in a media capacity or in a fan capacity, but either way, I will be there. Uh, not sure if you spoke about it already, but I honestly thought Monday Night Raw last night was dead. I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth, Freddie, Frankie. I uh, fast forward through a lot of it. I, I thought it was a, it was okay. I mean, there's again, they're setting everything up for, you know, four or five weeks out from WrestleMania. Not a lot to go on. And then, yeah, the crowd. But again, it's the difference between the way WWE has conditioned their fans to be compared to what AEW conditioned their fans to be. Right. I mean, there was this thing. And again, I don't know how much of this is set up and everything else, 
But a fan asked for Paige's autograph, gave her money, bam. You know, MJF is kicking beer in people's faces. The crowd's chanting, you know, whatever they want to chant, and, and it's on TV. WWE, the crowd starts chanting too bad. They It goes silent. Again, this is where they've conditioned their crowd to almost be, and it's not like the Japanese crowd, because the Japanese crowd will just sit there and be like, Oh, you know, and things like that. But it is very non-reactionary unless you get a holy shit move. I'm telling you, it's working out. Thing isn't working out for me. I think I was in better shape when I wasn't working out. Uh, let's see. Maybe they had a lot of kids in the crowd. Uh, the kids are more independent AEW you know I just don't think that they don't they don't I mean I get it what you say maybe the little the, the younger younger audience but it's still not because you'll hear the crowd start chanting and then they go they they silence the crowd that's that's what WWE does because again NBC Universal does not allow them. The freedoms right now that Warner Brothers has allowed AEW. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how they do this. Because again, WWE at first was thinking about going away from the PG rating. I don't know if that's a good move or a bad move, honestly, man. I don't know because, again, as PG, you're going more toward, you know, the Rey Mysterio crowd. You know, you sell masks. You sell, you know, kids Kids make parents pay, buy stuff. And, and when you're a parent, you go to the thing and you tell your kid, we're going to the show. I'm not buying anything. Don't ask. What happens as soon as you walk through the door? Kid asks for a mask, a shirt, a program, three autographs, uh, the whole John Cena wardrobe. And, and most parents aren't telling their kids no. And if you buy for one, you got to buy for the other, right? So when you look at it that way, it's a big revenue. It's a big revenue for WWE to stay PG. You know, and, and AEW, I get what they want to do. And and they want to be the alternative, and they are are the alternative. But I, I think they've gone a little bit over the top of being the alternative. Let's see, they were talking about it at, on Bust Open Radio. What is selling WrestleMania to brand, the current roster, the old school roster like Cena or Lita? Well, I mean, right now, there's no old school wrestlers technically booked for WrestleMania. So what's selling WrestleMania right now is the brand and the current roster. Cause right now, so far on the confirmed now, and now again, Cena has been leaked to be taking on Austin theory. So there's a lot of, maybe a lot of the uh, hearsay of who's going to be on there might be working into that Frankie. But Again, none of those are guaranteed. You know, ultimately, you think everything's being worked out to where it's going to be Austin Theory against John Cena. You think 
now that Lita won the tag team titles last night, she's going to probably be on there. You have Edge, I guess, technically, if he works against Balor. And if they bring back the Brood Edge against the Demon Balor, those entrances alone for WrestleMania would be freaking phenomenal. Edge coming up from the floor through the fire. The Demon Balor entrance down that long stage at WrestleMania with the lights doing, you know, on and off and all that. Dude, that would be just amazing to watch, to be there in person. But, I mean, right now, WrestleMania is being sold on Roman Reigns and um, and Cody Rhodes, Charlotte, and uh, Rhea, Bianca, and Asuka. Those are your confirmed matches. And now Brock Lesnar and um, Omos. You know, so I mean, when you're looking at it, I mean uh, that's what's that's what's that's what people are going to get right now. And WrestleMania is pretty much selling pretty quick, is my understanding. Yeah, they did record numbers for Royal Rumble and Elimination Chamber. I think they doubled the gate at the last Royal Rumble. Now I'm not sure again. The setups, you know, again, a lot of that stuff is, you know. Was it was where 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 were they at? Did they have, you know, COVID restrictions? And now this year they double it. I mean, you know, again, again, they doubled it. I'm not gonna, you know, sugarcoat that or anything like that, but you gotta look at everything for for what it's worth. But their their live events are are selling pretty good. They're premium live events, I'm sorry. And by that I mean the pay-per-views. I don't know how they're their live events are doing right now, but they are, they have, you know, they have upped them up a little bit. Cody's out traveling now, getting ready for WrestleMania. So when you look at at what they're doing on live houses, as I said, you know, they booked the good brothers with Cody the other night. So now, you know, you're getting a little bit of star power. Um, I don't know how they're working the Usos angle on the live events. I don't know if it's just Jimmy, Jimmy wrestling or if it's Jimmy and solo. I know I read on one the the main event or the um, the dark main event is uh, Roman and Solo against Kevin and Sammy at one of the MSG shows. So you know, again, those shows that's going to draw huge numbers, man. It's going to draw huge numbers, and and you know, I mean, and Sammy's. You know, I think a lot of the WWE was hoping, and by WWE, I mean the executives were hoping that some of the Sammy luster would wear down, and it doesn't seem that it is. You know, it almost seems like it's still picking up because I think they're hoping that, you know, him and Kevin against the Usos would suffice. But But I know there's, you know, they're not talking about it. But I know there's a lot of like noise from fans that wanted Sammy in a triple threat. Uh, Frankie said, I heard their house shows are doing well, but only when Cody shows up. I can believe that too. Because house shows, the thing with house shows is I love the house shows better than TV tapings. You get longer matches and you get the talent being themselves. In WWE, you are taught to wrestle for the red light. 
You're not wrestling for the thousands in the building. You're wrestling for the millions watching at home. So everything you do is for that red light. So when TV's on, they're not, they don't care. You know, yeah, they want the reaction when they're doing this stuff. But everything they're doing in the ring is meant for that red light on the camera. Why? Because the millions are going to bring more money than the thousands. Ultimately, that's the way they look at it. It's, it's, it's a marketing. It's a marketing. When we come to your town, you're going to want to see it. Why? Because you watch it on the TV through that red light. So every week when they go out there, they are putting on, you know, the shows that they hope will bring you when they come to your town into the building. That's one of the things where I think AEW kind of maybe misses the boat a little bit on this. And you're like, well, what do you mean? Well, I sometimes feel like AEW is is booked for the fans that are there. Everything's happening for the fans that are there, which is is great. But, again, you're not marketing all your talent, all your product to the millions that are watching. And, again, maybe it's not millions. It's hundreds of thousands or whatever it is. But those are potential, you know, viewers to your show or live, you know, in in arena live audiences. And, look, uh, last week, actually, AEW went up. And John Moxley almost made it through a match without bleeding. But hell no, we couldn't do it. Nope, nope. No, no, John Moxley must bleed. Which is the craziest thing to me, man. And you know what? And and I don't know how old some of you guys are. And and what's funny to me is I, I look at John Moxley, I'm like, man, he he bleeds every match no matter what. And I thought about it. I'm like, man, let me go back and think about this with Dusty Rhodes, okay? Went back and look. Yeah, he got busted open a lot on TV to sell for matches coming up on that week tour. But when he fought, you know, uh, a Scott McGee or, you know, some of the younger guys, those, those guys, he wasn't busted open. He might have got attacked by Cowboy Ron Bass and – Black Bart and one man gang, and they busted him open after the match to set up the feud or whatever else. But Moxley, I mean, I don't understand why Evil Uno had to bleed. Everything with AEW to me, it feels like, all right, WWE doesn't show any blood. Well, you know what? We're going to show enough blood for them and two times. We need to do it more because they don't do it, so we need to do it. Twice as much. And again, I get it. There are mistakes that happen and people get busted up the hard way. None you can do there. But I just, at some point, man, blood used to mean that, you know what? You got me this time. I'm going to get your blood the next time. And I feel like now with John Moxley, if you do like a headlock, you know, hard enough, you're going to pop his head and boop. He's bleeding already from a headlock. It just, it's just, I, I, it means nothing to me anymore watching John Moxley. I mean, hell. 
you know, he stayed, he stayed blood free through the match. My God, it was amazing. And then Adam page comes out and then boom, he's busted wide open. It's like, I, but it means nothing to me. Why? Because he bled the week before against somebody else and the week before against somebody else and the week before against somebody else. So what the hell does it matter if Adam page busted him open now? I'm not interested in it no more. I'm not interested in it. Oh, what? What? Because Adam Page drew blood? So did so did the 15 other guys the weeks before that have fought you. Are you gonna fight them at the pay-per-view too? It just it's it's gotten to a point to where I just it used to mean something. Now it's like now it's just like it's like a headlock. You know, it got to the thing where remember Jake the Snake Roberts. Finish used to be a DDT. Now guys get DDT 2,000 times off a ladder, off the stage, through glass, and kick out. In the same match, Harley Race's finish used to be a goddamn suplex. A suplex used to be a pin. about those apples? Not today. Oh, let's see. Uh, Freddie says, you think AEW should tone it down when the light is on, bring back the energy again? Right now, AEW needs to turn it up and turn it up big. I mean, apparently, Warner Brothers is happy with the ratings they're doing. I mean, you know, again, it, if they're happy and they're paying them the TV rights, then by all means, keep doing what you're doing, I guess, because they're okay with it. Because like O talked about earlier on our show, I mean, TV is what's, you know, you're going to make your money off the TV revenue. You know, you're streaming and all that stuff. That's that's where your money's coming from. Yeah, you're going to get some money from your, you know, the houses and the live shows and the things like that. But a lot of your revenue is going to come from your streaming and your TV deal. So um, I just... I don't know what they can do, man, to make it different. Because it it is, last week it went from a 876 the week before to a 1.02. So, so that was a good increase. That, that was a very good increase. Now can they keep it up? That's the first time they've been over the 1 million mark, I think, since Punk left. You know, so, and, and I've told you before, man, I don't know what, the pinpoint thing is with AEW, but but it has lost it's lost something to me. And and look, I can pick you know pick little things like Moxley bleeding too much and, and things like those are my personal opinions. Everybody loves Moxley. Everybody loves that 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 gimmick and everything else. There, I mean, I think giving the guns the tag team titles was a desperation move. You re-signed them, and then they win the tag team titles. You have the acclaimed, and, and and I just, I mean, to me, the acclaimed is the hottest thing going. If you wanted to get the guns, the title, and you wanted the guns, then you should have turned Billy Gunn to make it mean something. The acclaimed get you know cheated, and then you bring Billy Gunn over with Colton and Austin Gunn, and and have Billy be that that heel ass that that he can be to to. You know, means something. I mean, what is what have Austin and Colton Gunn done since they've won the tag team titles? What? 
Meanwhile, you had the acclaim having them and made them mean something when they're on TV. Now you give them to the guns and your titles lose, lose value. To me, it's like what has happened to me when they gave Becky and Lita the women's tag team titles. I was like, yeah, just throw them away. Throw them out. Not taking anything away from Becky and Lita, but I mean, there's tons of other tag teams that could have won it. You, if you wanted to work out a match for those, you could have done that in so many different ways other than putting a title on them to get a pop. Because now, to me, you've, you've devalued the titles. At this point, I don't care who wins them. They're props. Those titles are props. With as much, as much as you've had Gunther work and Austin Theory work to make the U.S. title and the Intercontinental title mean something, you shit all over the WWE Women's Tag Team titles. Uh, let's see. It was amazing how Evil Uno with a mask was able to bleed. Yeah, but he's done that. He's the guy that he can do that with that mask that he has. He, he does that a lot. But also, he's not, you know, a luchador. So, you know, a lot of, the, I mean, it was up until what, when WCW did and they ripped everybody's mask off and nobody had masks anymore. It used to be like, like a, oh shit moment when, when a mask was ripped. Or anything like that. Like, like that was the biggest disrespect ever. Now it's kind of like commonplace. Um, what do you think of after show they're going to do? Before it was Cody, now it appears to be the whole roster. Oh, the reality show? Yeah, I think, you know, again, it was going to be, uh, what was it, Rhodes, Rhodes to the top or something like that with Cody and Brandy. And now it's going to be a reality show following, you know, I guess Adam Cole, Britt Baker. Um, Eddie Kingston, who I'm interested to see again. I don't know how much is work. And, you know, again, because the whole thing with MJF, it's like, you know, uh, Eddie Kingston's like, oh, I need to sit down and have a talk with the front office of AEW and, and all that. And again, we'll see how it goes. It's going to be interesting. I want to see how, how it's laid out, how, how it, you know, how much do they give access to? What don't they give access to? That that's gonna be the one thing that, that I'll be interested in seeing. Like like what it actually, you know, that access looks like and, and how much of it is, you know, geared up like, you know, being the elite and you know, when uh Sammy Guevara had his blog and then uh Ethan Page's vlog and and all those, how much it's you know really talking about the AEW and the story and, and watching them, you know, the travel, because again, AEW's travel right now is Wednesdays and then maybe traveling somewhere for a Friday show during a pay-per-view period. But other than that, usually Wednesday, they record Friday show as well. So it's not like you're following them town to town, to town, to town and, and all this stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see how, how they do it. I mean, of course, like with Britt Baker, what you can follow her to the dental office, you can see her, in, in her in, in her other job and things like that. I mean, those things might be cool. I just don't know how much access they're going to allow us to see. Uh, the great Muda just retired his mask, greatest showman lifetime. Yeah, yeah, Cat for Life. I, I think a lot of those, I remember, look, man, when I grew up, it was uh, Kendo Nagasaki and the great, not uh, the great Kabuki. 
I must have a great Muda. And I used to remember when they would spit, you know, they'd have boom, and the mist would come out. It was just one of those things. And Muda took it to another level, man. Those guys were, you know, again, they're, you know, the Japanese and they did the kicks and they had the kendo sticks and, you know, and all those things. But Muda, when he came, it was all, all of his, you know, mannerisms, everything he did when he, you know, he did the thing, he spit and he did his, everything he did meant something. And that's, that's one of the things that, that I think is getting lost in, in wrestling today is where, you know, where everything has a meaning now. Now you, you, you there's a lot of stuff going on and you're just like, the hell was that for? You know, you still got your guys that, that do, you know, that, that do it, you know, I don't, I don't say the right way because there's more ways, you know, to pro wrestling than, than one way. But I was always taught, you know, when you hit a move, let it sell, let it sit. Let the fans see what you did. If I just picked you up and body slammed you to the ground, why am I picking you right back up? Did I not want you on the ground? When you're picking him up and holding him there and then you slam him to the ground, why, why, why pick him right back up? Let him sell the back. Let the fans, you know, be like, oh shit or whatever. Now it's like body slam, pick him up, body slam, pick him up, body slam, pick him up, body slam. It's like, Jesus Christ, man, you wear people out. And again, there's places for everything. There's times for everything, but I believe that in matches, you should be just like angles, long angles and everything else. You're telling stories in your matches. You should be telling stories. I get it. Wrestling has evolved from the old bad guy, good guy that, that there's gray now in the middle and the old, old time where the good guy comes in, he, he wins at the beginning. The bad guy cuts him off. Da, 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 da. All of a sudden the good guy comes back and quick win one, two, three. And, and the fans are happy. Those that those were simpler times. Simpler times, my man. Those days, I, I think you know. Again, not gone, but that's one way to do it now. There's other ways to do it. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, the way the the young bucks and and Kenny Omega and then put this the matches together. I, I believe on some of the things. I don't know why you need to be super kicked 675 times. I, I don't know why you need to be super kicked 13 times, then, you know, picked up, dropped on your head, and you kick out. But then, lo and behold, I roll you up from behind, and you can't kick out? I get the three count? That's the stuff to me that does not you know, make, make everything to me where it's like simpler times. Again, suplex used to be a finish. Hell, Greg Valentine at one point, his, his finish was the big hammer, dropping the hammer, the elbow. And then he used the figure four and things like that. But it used to be the hammer, man. He dropped, bam, the hammer. Ivan Putski used to be the Polish hammer, right? He put his hands together. Hits you across the chest and you're down. One, two, three. Um, or the Ox Baker, the heart punch. I mean, Hulk Hogan was the leg drop. 
Boston Crabs, yes. Boston Crabs used to be a finish. Hell, who was it? Um, I want to say Exotic Adrian Street used to be the knee lift. He used to whip you the ropes, come off, and give you the high knee. One, two, three. Um, man, there's so I mean, Barry Wyndham used to be the bulldog out of the corner. Now, now those are just, you know, hell. You but what gets me though is in some matches, and again, I get it. it it's a different world in pro wrestling. But the essence of what used to draw me to wrestling was that I would watch it and go. He is getting his ass kicked. There's no way. He, oh, he did kick out of it. Oh, he got a quick one. Two, oh, he rolled him up and he won. He came back when I never thought I was going to win. Nowadays, as I said, you take 52 super kicks, six knees to the head, and you kick out. But then they catch you with a quick roll up, and they pin you and win. Uh, Frankie, yeah, Earthquake would sit on you. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I get splashes. That used to be a finish, too. I get it. It was the bigger guys doing the splash. And I'm not even talking about top rope splashes. It used to be hit the rope, one, two-step, splash. I mean, it's just, it's it's a different world. And again, I think there's more ways to pro wrestling now. I think it's evolved. But in its simplest form, it it's telling stories, man. That's what hooks people. It's entertainment. It's it is entertainment. You entertain me. Catch my catch my attention with something. And I think that right now is what to me, WWE does a little bit better than AEW. I'm not saying in every angle, but the bloodline had me hooked. Judgment Day, I've liked. You know, there's certain things that they're doing. When you go to AEW, what is it? It's MJF. What outside of MJF do you look at and say, and, and do you say, okay, that's being done good? I mean, Moxley and Page has been drawn out, but to me, it's lost effect because to me, I've watched Moxley bleed from everybody. Everybody. Yeah, I'm almost knocked my desk over. And again, and I'm not saying, you know, one company is better than the other. I love pro wrestling. I love every company, the good, the bad, you know. And again, most of the stuff that I say is bad is me, my opinion on, on what, I, what I feel. You know, I'm not saying that everybody's got the same feelings because everybody looks at everybody. Every wrestling is different, man. Oh, Frank, you're right. The acclaim. I mean, no, the acclaim are still good. I just don't like the story that they're involved in anymore. I think they would could have made that story a lot better and also helped Austin and Colton Gunn by putting Billy with them. When Billy slid in the ring, they had the opportunity right there to have Billy turn on the acclaim. And I get it, merchandise and everything else. But that would have been your perfect opportunity to have them change 
And then the acclaim gets screwed out of the titles. And you're chasing, and you have a mouthpiece for the guns. And Billy Gunn, who, who can really be, you know, an evil ass. And, and you're telling a story still. That was the one thing I used to, I loved about AEW is the long storytelling. Adam Page, two years to win the heavyweight title. Two years. He lost the inaugural one to, to uh, Chris Jericho. Then he teams up with, you know, Kenny Omega. Then Omega turns on him, becomes champion. And then he comes back and beats Omega. Long-term storytelling. I'm not saying it's got to be that long. But make shit make sense. And make shit good, man. This Soraya Tony Storm, I, I haven't got into it. And you guys, maybe you guys like it. I have not been able to get into it. You know, them the us against them mentality, the, you know, the, the AEW. Who there is an AEW original? Britt Baker? I mean, Jamie Hayter, if you want to say that, but she actually made her name elsewhere. Ruby Soho's not from there. So, like, the whole angle just does not make sense to me because you're, you're really not, you know, it's not making sense to me. Says whoever buys WWE, just go ahead and let Jim Cornette take over AEW. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, I look. Jim Cornette was great. I, I could sit and listen to him talk for hours. And I, I've, but again, I think he's still. A lot of what has happened is is. It, it's it's evolved. Wrestling's evolved. I mean, I get it. In its simplest form, yes, it, it's it's what he talks about. But there's more ways to it. And that's the part that I think a lot of, you know, you have, you know, your Jericho's. I think Jericho's kind of encompassed it a little bit. Um, You have those guys that have that have gone to AEW and kind of, you know, taken it in and seen it and, and understand it and, and kind of, keep it you know realm in a realm for them which which allows you know the old school I don't think they call it old school but the old mentality of what wrestling is and then mixing in some of the newer athletic you know because again man I, I get it wrestling back in the day was you do you were six three six four two eighty and you were built like a Greek god because if you were built like a Greek god you can make money and if you can make money my God, you'll get booked everywhere in the territories. You know, if you were built, Vince McMahon would sign you in a heartbeat. Hell, look at the class, look at that one class that he signed. It was Shelton Benjamin, Brock Lesnar, John Cena, um, Randy Orton, Batista. And, and it goes on there. When you look at that, it's that that was rest. That was what was considered wrestling. Those days are gone, man. Those days are gone. And and to be honest, when you look at it, is when you look at what WWE is now, 
Think about this. It's Roman Reigns, right? Cody Rhodes? Will he be in a main event level looking the way he does? You know, years back? Cody might be maybe the same size as Sean. It's not much bigger than Sean. I remember Sean had to kill himself to get over for Vince McMahon. And his loyalty is what got him over with Vince McMahon. But, again, wrestling evolves. It's more athletic now. You got your ricochets. Your Shelton Benjamins. You know, I mean, Shelton Benjamins is a little bit older, but Cedric Alexander's. There's guys that... uh, um, Carmelo Hayes. When you look at those guys, that that's what wrestling's becoming. But the thing with, with what I like about what WWE does with them is now, anyways, now, maybe not, you know, the old regime is, though, is that they allow them to still do the flips, but, but they make them make sense. You're not just doing a flip to do a flip. You're doing it to to make sense, to, to win a match, to just, you know, to take your opponent down. Yeah, you're going to do over-the-top rope. You're going to show your athleticism. You're going to get in the ring. You're going to do your 450s. And when you hit that 450, it's going to mean something. I, I just, that is the one part that I still cannot get over. In, in WWE does it too. Every, I think everybody does it. It encompasses everything is when, you know, and, and, and one of the things that, that used to be so, you know, upsetting sometimes when you're in independence is that they would use a finishing move that you were using in the main event and they would kick out in the third match. So now that guy can kick out of it, but I'm going to pin this guy in the main event using that move. And that's one of the things too, that, you know, used to be crazy it's it's crazy it's 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 a show it's entertainment but to me it's always been about storytelling and i think that's where some of the maybe the aew disconnect for me is coming from i love the town in the ring you know what i'm saying i mean they've all all more talented than me way more talented than me but put it together with a story to keep my attention because after a while, I get bored. And when I get bored, I'll go watch Big Bang Theory. I'll go watch whatever else is on at that time. I'll come back when the next match is on. Or I'll flip back and forth. But once I flip back and forth, I may not come back. And that is, you know, that that's, and that, that's what I started doing with WWE when Vince was doing it. It was just got to the point to where it was like, yeah, you know what? You want you want to sit here and not not take the effort to keep me watching? Screw you. Click. Turn it off. You don't have to watch it. It's like I was saying, if you don't like what I'm saying, then don't listen. If I don't like what I'm watching, click. It's off. I can watch something else. Trust me. There's... 3,000 other channels I can go check out. I'm sure one of them is playing something 
that will keep my attention better than what you are. Uh, let's see. Uh, Chitara. I'm going to check her out. And then body press dudes. Okay. All right. I'll check that one out, Cap. Uh, Marginetti got screwed over and got kicked through a window. Yeah, there's other things involved in that. But, hey, that's for another time. So, <laughs> but uh, but it worked out well for Sean. You know, I mean, those things usually do. One person is going to work out better for one than the other. And uh, it's usually what happens. So, uh all right, so don't forget about AEW Dynamite tomorrow night and then AEW Revolution this weekend, headlined by MJF. Uh, your thoughts about the AE documentaries coming out on the WWF? I need to watch the Jake the Snake ones. I didn't watch it. It's been getting very good acclaim, very good reviews. Um, usually I don't like the AE ones because they tend to shy more toward WWE and and everything there, but, um, and maybe not showing everything, but I, I guess they went through and showed a lot of, you know, what Jake went through, but I, I love any documentaries, man. I love watching the backstories. I sit and I'll, I'll go to YouTube and I'll go down a rabbit hole and I'll listen to shoot interviews, uh, from the old days in Florida. Um, the Kevin Sullivan ones, there's some blackjack Mulligan ones, there's dusty ones. Um, the old days in Florida and then listening to, the, you know, guys maybe when in WWF when it was, you know, the first WrestleManias and hearing all the stuff that went through and, you know, and like, you know, I mean, they did the shoot interview on the Ultimate Warrior and what happened with Vince McMahon when he held Vince hostage for money and then Vince sent him out. And as soon as he sent him out, he's like, you're not getting paid. See you later. And, and you know, they're just those are the things that, I love the behind the scenes thing, but a lot of them, you know, they, they, they look out for the corporate company and, um, and that's why I kind of like the, uh, the vice dark sides. I like those a little bit more. And again, there's a couple things in there where they exaggerated a little bit on, on some of the things, but some of the stories were more hard hitting to me than, than what, um, than what um, documentaries on a and &E. I mean, but I love documentaries. I love watching them. I love anything that kind of encompasses what you don't get to watch and hearing about, you know, their, their trials, their tribulations, things that happened that you didn't know about, you know, or, you know, and like, like, um, who was it? It was X-Pac, Sean Waltman had one where he talked about, you know, the incident with Shawn Michaels and the Marines when, uh, when he got, you know, he got beat up and then that's when he, he lost his smile and, and all that stuff. And, you know, it, it just, it was one of those things where everybody was gone. It was Shawn. It was, I want to say, um, Shawn, Shawn Waltman and one more, I want to say maybe David Boy Smith was with them and, and that's, that's when it happened. And so, you know, when you start seeing those stories and, and you remember, you know, things that happened that led up to certain things, those are the stories I like, man. So I have to check out all of them. Um, but I, I love the documentaries, man. Like, you can't go wrong with that. Shoot interviews, all that stuff is, is fantastic. Uh, I think AEW needs to stop taping Rampage. That's why their ratings suck for Friday. Yeah, but if they don't 
do you can't do a live show at 10 o'clock. I mean, where are you at? We're going to record it. We're going to do two hours of wrestling, and then we're going to give you one hour of taped matches or one hour of a live. The, the time frame kills them on that show. The time, the 10 o'clock slot kills them. Why they went Friday at 10 o'clock, I have no idea. I get it. You don't want to go against SmackDown. I understand that. You don't want to do that. But then take a, I don't know, the 10 o'clock time slot to me is just, I mean, if you're on the West Coast at 7, you know, maybe you do all the rampages on the West Coast, <laughs> do the Dynamites on the East Coast. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's something you can do because then that way the show can start at 7 on the West Coast time or even 8 on, I guess, Central, right? If that's if I'm doing the math right. So, you know, you could do those rampage on those on those um, those areas, I guess, if you want to do it that way. But then you start paying more for travel. And I, I honestly think this is a cost-cutting uh, method is, is to do that. I mean, look what they're doing now. They did the Ring of Honor tapings and the Dark and uh, Elevation uh, tapings all last weekend in Orlando. So those are taped through, I think they do for the month, a whole month worth of taping. So, you know, again, it's cost cutting now. It's one of those things I think where, you know, the COVID taught them that, you know what, and we, we can get more when they were stuck in Jacksonville all those weeks in a row. Yeah. We're putting on live shows and, and it's getting, you know, it just showed them what they, you know, what they can do, what they can do logistically, you know. I thought they would tour more, honestly. I thought AEW would go back out and tour more. But when you look at some of the pictures, and again, maybe some of them are Photoshop, maybe some of them are not legit as, as ever, you know, again, because they come from everywhere. So I'm not saying, you know, legit or not, but when you look at some of their houses, you, you can see maybe why they don't travel right now. Because it just would be, I don't think it would be money-making for them. I can tell you now, I went to the one here in Miami when it was Bash at the Beach. And and it was not good. It was not good. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why. I mean, I don't know why they don't do good here in Florida. I don't know. This was too, this was the week. I think they did the Dynamite which was Bash of the Beach, and then it started the Jericho Cruise the night, the, the Thursday after, because they weren't doing Rampage or any of that before then. So it was the Dynamite right into the Jericho Cruise, or was it the Jericho Cruise right into the Dynamite? I can't remember which way it went. I think it was the, the Dynamite into the Jericho Cruise, and it still didn't sell good. Still did not sell good. And then Frankie's saying, the tickets right now for FLA Live is not doing so well. It's, I mean... The problem with it is it's April 26th, which is still, what, two months away. And and if you watch their stuff on TV, again, to me, Tony, Tony Khan books for the thousands in attendance, whereas WWE books for the millions watching at home. Maybe that's where the disconnect is coming. Because you can get the oohs and ahs from everybody in the in the in the thing, but you know, again, their camera angles are not the greatest. 
they miss a lot of stuff that happens. So, you know, it's it's one of those things. The first time they came to Miami for Bachelor Beach was not bad, but it was because of COVID. It was like the first show for fans. No, 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 no. This was before. This was. No, this was before COVID. The first time they did a bash at the beach, I want to say. Hold on, man. I'm sorry. I'm trying to look this up. I want to say it was 2000. It was the January 22nd. Um, the, the event was January 15th. I'm sorry. It was January 15th from the Watsco Center. Then it um, then the series continued with Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea. The match from the cruise airing on the January 22nd Dynamite. Um, and this was, it was a pretty good because they had DDP. Also, on this card, um, it was the Elite and Inner Circle. Uh, Sheeta and Statlander. Moxie against Guevara. Um, yeah, MJF, Butcher, and Blade against Diamond Dallas Page, Dustin Rhodes, and QT Marshall. Pac and Darby Allin. I mean, it was a pretty good show. It was 2020, which would have been, I think COVID was what? February, March. So, I mean, maybe, maybe, I mean, but I, if you want to blame it on COVID, by all means, I mean, everybody, you can use whatever you want to say. I just know that what they end up having to do, which again, has happened to WWE, has happened to WCW. It happens to everybody. They had to position a lot of people over to the camera side because there's more people in the seats where they ticketed than where the, the bot so they had to they had to you know throw out there but um but i mean the, again the show itself is good is great the talent itself the ring action is great but there's more to it to, again this is from me everybody watches everything differently for me to hook me, you, you need to entertain me and, and tell me a story that I can follow along and, and not be bored out of my ass. And I need a payoff on it. But again, that's asking for a lot. It is. It's, it's very, you know, again, because everybody's different. So what, what I don't like, there's probably thousands of fans that love it. So that's, that's the problem with booking pro wrestling. And one of the things that, that, you know, you learn real quickly when you're booking is you can't book what you like. You have to book what the fans like. You may not like it, but guess what? We're going with it because there's more fans that like it. And that's what they're going with. Do you think the WWE looked at Sami Zayn and said, we're going to make that guy a main eventer. 
Never. They didn't know what to do with them. They had them, you know, they threw them in so he could be on TV and be with the bloodline and, and did some things in the back, and it started organically working. Every time he showed up with, with you know, the bloodline, they started chanting Sammy. And then he did the, you know, the Sammy Uso, and he did the Usi, and, and then it went off from there. I mean, there's just, they were having fun working with each other, and it organically became something because they enjoyed what they're doing. And if you enjoy it, it makes it a lot easier and a lot funner, man. It really does. Uh, Zami was about to leave and rumors where he was going to AEW at one point. Yeah, but I, I don't think he was leaving. I don't think Sami Zayn was leaving because him and KO signed quickly. They signed extensions. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I don't I don't know how much Sami Zayn, and Sami has a lot of, he's, he's a very loyal guy, Sami Zayn is. For his causes and everything else. And WWE has been, you know, they understand his beliefs and everything else, and they've worked with him. There's a reason Sami Zayn's not on any of the Saudi shows. Same reason Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan, whatever, wasn't on the Saudi shows. Those guys, you think they weren't offered lots of money to go over there? But there's reasons. So you know, I mean, I like right now, I and mean, the big thing right now is Kenny Omega is going to WWE. I, I sometimes feel like, and I know you guys will understand this, at least the ones that listen to the show, that that that's, you know, like when, when contracts are coming up, that's like the Tua. Everybody's going to the other one. You know, the Cody thing happened, and nobody really knew until it was said. It was done. There was no talk about, oh, I think Cody's leaving. Oh, no, it was it was said. Cody's leaving. That's how that stuff works. I mean, most of the time, you're not going to, you know, like right now with Jay, uh, Jay White and some of the other guys that are now finishing up. All, all these these contracts. Nobody, everybody's like, everybody's just now going, oh, WWE's got an eye on him. Oh, WWE's hard-pressed on Kenny Omega. What, what's hard-pressed? If I'm Kenny Omega and I want money, you play hardball. Hey, WWE's giving me this. What do you got, Tony? Okay, all right, I'll stay. Thanks. You match it, I'll stay. And that's what's going. That's what's going to happen. Uh, Frankie said, "How's Impact doing?" I've been watching a little bit more of that. Unfortunately, I don't get the channel that the show, but I've been watching it on YouTube. It's it's pretty damn good, man. I, I like what they're doing with Bully. Um, I like what they're doing with Mickey James. Uh, the women's title. They they they're making the titles mean stuff. Josh Alexander. As the champion, they've got a mixture of, you know, the, um, they got a little bit of hardcore stuff on there. They've got your Jonathan Greshams, your, 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 your good wrestlers. They got some high flyers. They do the X, they, they, they 
blended all together good. Again, I would like to see more storytelling maybe from them. But like when they did the bully, the bully Ray came in and with Josh Alexander, bully came in, everybody's cheering for him. He's doing the, you know, the whole baby face thing. And then he challenged Josh Alexander and then he turned on, on Alexander with, and did something, you know, with the wife, I think, I think he like slammed her or something. And then, you know, and then it all went to the pay-per-view and led up and, you know, I mean, those things I can get behind, you know, that has a lot of bully Ray in the story, you know, and Tommy dreamers there. And he's another guy that, you know, for everything, look, man, ECW was a lot of blood, gore, violence and everything else. But when you look at it at the end of the day, there was a lot of storytelling going on. Taz and Sabu, right? The, the triple threat, the franchise, Shane Douglas, when Bam Bam was there, Chris Candido, the way they, you know, with uh, Taz trying to get into sh- get a hold of Shane and, and chasing him. You had Jerry Lynn, Rob Van Dam, you know, with, with Jerry Lynn and Rob Van Dam for a long time. When Dusty showed up there with Steve Carino near the end of ECW, there were a lot of of storytelling going on, even with all the violence, even with everything else. There still was that storytelling. And Tommy Dreamer, I think, you know, again, understands that. Bully Ray understands that. And, and yes, every match, everything doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out angle story. But you should still tell a story within the match. Fans should be able to look at it and be like, okay, who's who am I cheering for? Who do I like? Who don't I like? And if they can't tell, then then somebody needs to make them know that, okay, that's the guy I'm supposed, that's the guy I'm supposed to be booing. Whether you like the bad guys and then you start cheering that guy, whatever it is, but you they, you know, during the story, you realize, okay, okay, I see what's going on here. Within a match, you could still tell a little bit of a story. Yeah, it's not going to be drawn out over three years or whatever. But in, in a, you can even do it in a five, ten minute match. You can make that light thing go. Um, yeah, Tommy bleeds. Yeah, Tommy bleeds a lot too. Yeah, but again, that goes back to the whole ECW thing, man. I just look, but when Tommy bled, it was against you know, it's against the top guys. Just incredible at that time. Right, it was Lance Storm, Sandman, um, all those guys. There was reasons they were bleeding. They were getting hit with kendo sticks. They were getting hit with in the match. The match was like a hardcore match. I just, to me, it's. I mean, it's arm drag, arm drag, out of the ring, head into the post. I'm bleeding. Head into the steel steps. I'm bleeding. Hit with a chair. I'm bleeding. I just, I mean, you. There's times to bleed, and and again. When you're ECW, Extreme Championship Wrestling, and every match of yours is pretty much hardcore, and it's a pizza cutter across your forehead and things like that, at least it some, somewhat makes it, I guess, believable. But there's also a reason they weren't on TV that long, right? Um, Sean, how long do you think? Too long, Terry. Too long. The fact that they held him up last night was too long to me. Um, I'm guessing they'll probably at least hold him to WrestleMania and then maybe lose him in a triple threat. And I don't know. I don't know what they're doing there, man. Like I, I said earlier, those belts now are just props. They're 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 about as as um, exclusive as these two right here. 
right? And then I got my X Division one, and um, and the Ring of Honor one still to get out. Uh, where is Just Incredible? Uh, he he was making a a return. I'm not sure where what he's doing right now. I know he had returned to some of uh, some of the pro wrestling. All right, guys, man, I went a lot longer than what I thought I was going to go today, but I appreciate everybody jumping in here. And um, we, next week, we'll be back here Tuesday, 8 o'clock, and uh, we'll discuss what happened at Revolution. Um, wait, but the other two girls from Damage Control never wrestled. What? What other two girls from Damage Control never wrestled? Io Sky and Dakota Kai lost the titles. What other two, Frankie Fresco, before I go? I don't want to sign off until I, I understand what you're saying here. And then Trish Stratus finally made her appearance. I guess they wanted her to travel further away from Canada before they used her on screen. Um, yeah, they never defended those titles. You know, they defended them one time and they lost them. So uh, there you go. I mean, again, at this point, I say do away with the women's tag team titles. It's just as hard as you're trying to, like I said earlier, as hard as you're trying to make Theory and Gunther make the Intercontinental and U.S. titles mean something, and you're doing a good job at it, you're doing just a shitty job making those women titles mean something at this point. Just garbage. To me. You could have had... Bailey interfere. You could have had then Trish run out, and then you could have set up for a six women tag at the at the at WrestleMania. And then hey, if you wanted to take the women title belt off, then what you could have done is had Shayna and Ronda challenge damage control. And then you know what? Right before WrestleMania, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Becky and Lita and Trish come out, distract damage control. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler win the championships, and then they can defend them at WrestleMania. Now you've added two matches to the card. That makes sense. But, hey, who am I? Just a fat guy behind the microphone. And until next Tuesday, so long from the sun, shine, state.